Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Zambig, and on this edition, let's help out last week's episode. You'll hear what I mean in just a second. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, we've got shout-outs going out to the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Uh, patrons, as you'll hear from myself um, in just a minute here, uh, there is no extended episode this week. Unless, well, we'll see. Chances are it's just going to be an episode for everybody because I'm running out of time on this episode because it was supposed to be out last week. I'll tell you more in a minute. But we have shout-outs going out to Adam Morissette. Remember, Adam, you get to choose the topic for an episode, and you also get free merch. Hit me up on Patreon. Karen, Ethan, Duran, Nikki Loves James, Cobalt Slayer 42, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, and Stephen Share. Jane and Jennifer, Heather G, my friendly neighborhood Skinwalker. Fun fact, uh, this, the people at Skinwalker Ranch uh, took down my shirt. I had a shirt that was available at tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac that said, I camped at Skinwalker Ranch. And it made it, it was like an old 70s like looking style, like, you know, what you'd get if you went camping at like a KOA or something. Um, but they said, no, it was their intellectual property and they took down my shirt today. So if you bought that shirt, you have a very exclusive shirt. One I don't even have. More shout outs. Zuzus, what's it? Rick Fosser, Nico Sharon the Mouse, Marcantina Tortuga, Mike from Jersey. I wonder if he is really from Jersey. Is that a lie or is he really from Mike? I'm guessing you're actually from Jersey, but, you know, there's no way for me to prove this. Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia Mailman, Tony the Magician. Still love magicians. They're the best. Everybody should go to Magic Castle if you have a chance. Ever get out to Los Angeles? Go to the Magic Castle. It's incredible. Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz Lee, Labeta Works, Glacier Main, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic, Robot Webcomics, Andy, Paige, Couch. Batman666, Andrew, Scott A, Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Bake, Bake, geez, I did it twice now, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties, Jen, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Sherry, Artmuth, and Tim, Rick, Ricky, Ian, Alexander, George, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Paula, Jeff T, Joe, Lawrence, Lauren Strawn. Hey, howdy, hi, Veronica. No, I got to go back to that. It's the Lauren Strawn. Now that sounds better. Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and the one, the only, the best gamer fan. With two special shout outs to Joe Teague and a stitch. Um, Yeah. It, uh, well, I'll tell you, but I'll tell you more about what's going on in a little bit. Let's get right in into paranormal news because I want to, I want to, there's a lot in the news today. There's a lot in the news all the time. So let's get right on in to paranormal news. Paranormal news. There was this one night we were out in the field and suddenly there was this incredibly bright light descending from the sky. Next thing we knew, we were in this big white room and standing in front of me was this slimy two-legged That's right. The first story in paranormal news 
just happened today. Tracy, awesome Tracy over there on the Facebook fan page, let me know about this. And I was like, oh, I got to add this to the episode. It happened just minutes ago. Just minutes ago, I got, I got notified of this. Exeter Police Department announces new patch for upcoming UFO festival. Proceeds will benefit the department's comfort dog program. See, first of all, I was going to be like, I, I don't want a police badge on my arm. So no offense, you know, like police, they can, you know, no offense to the police, but I don't want to have a police badge on my cool jacket. But this patch has an alien on it. So I'm like, oh, all right, that's cool. Then proceeds will benefit the department's comfort dog program. Hell yes, I'm buying this patch. It says the Exeter Police Department has just announced its new 2023 patch for the upcoming UFO Festival in September. The annual festival, which is scheduled to begin Saturday, September 2nd, commemorates the the day 18-year-old Norman Muscalero reported a UFO sighting behind a barn in Kensington, New Hampshire, to Exeter Police in 1965. The extraterrestrial sighting became known as the Incident at Exeter, which sparked national attention and investigations from the United States Air Force as well. In commemoration of the incident, Exeter Police, boy, that's hard to say, Exeter Police will be selling alien-themed patches to community members on Saturday, September 2nd, beginning at 8 a.m. in front of Town Hall. Proceeds will benefit the department's Comfort Dog Program, which has a mission of pairing support dogs with veterans and first responders. Absolutely incredible program. And if they sell them online, I want one. If not, I'm going to beg a patron that lives in New Hampshire, I'm sure there must be one, to please go there and get me one and I will pay them back because that is too cool. All righty, up next in paranormal news. Bipartisan House Committee pushes for select committee. That's a whole lot of committee in the headline. Classified hearings into UFOs. Basically, what they're saying is the... Uh, there was an event on Thursday called The Truth is Out There, UFOs and National Security. It was, mom, it was moderated by congressional reporter Michael Schnell and featured three of the four members of Congress who have pushed for UAP transparency. That includes uh, Representative Jared Moskowitz. He said, I hear from people more on this subject than anything else. Uh, they are talking about the UAP hearings because there's great interest in this government transparency issue. Also, Re- Representative Tim Burchett, who said... Um, uh, didn't say anything, basically. Eh, he just talks about it. And the other people that were on the committee. He said the select committee would give subpoena powers to force leaders in the Department of Defense and others to testify and push past, quote, the roadblocks the group has faced so far in seeing classified material and getting timely responses. Burchett said, we're running into a lot of roadblocks bo- there. And there that's the problem with this whole thing. It just creates more and more conspiracy theories because our federal government is so arrogant and so bloated and they just run out the clock. Now, I'm guilty of this as well, but Americans want their pizzas in 30 minutes or less, and that's about our dag, dadgum attention span. I'm not, come on, man. You gotta, don't have to say dadgum. I, you, this is a really, that was a real good argument until you said the word dadgum. Uh, basically, what they're saying is that the government is just going to take its own sweet time to get us any of that classified material that they talked about at the House Committee for UAPs, and they want to see if they can push them to get it out to us quicker. Sure, I'm all for that. Yes, please. Yes, please, and thank you. Up next, flying aliens in Peru are actually miners with jetpack, according to the police. There's a whole lot going on in this one. Villagers described alien-like beings harassing and attacking them. Police say the attackers are actually illegal gold miners with jetpacks. The attacks were likely an effort to keep villagers away from mining pits. Oof. Um, the truth is out there, and it appears that the flying aliens reportedly attacking villagers in Peru are actually human miners with jetpacks. Okay. Well, oh, let's see. I'm going to go to this real quick. I want to hear this. Seeing stories about UFOs, people's opinions about UFOs. Here at News Nation, we spent the past two months covering the UFO hearings on Capitol Hill and the push for more transparency around these supposed sightings. But tonight, it's not just UFOs making headlines in space and beyond. Virgin Galactic is celebrating no, its no, first no, no. ever commercial the mission to you the just told me about. famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. He is also the author of the book, Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization. We are so glad to have you here. Um, Got to ask you your reaction to the UFO testimony. It's been in the news. Um, All right, before I'm going to hit play again in just a second. 
Um, I just want you guys to know that, again, I don't know if I said this online. I think I did. Um, I asked Neil deGrasse Tyson on his Instagram page, hey, how come you're not talking about this, you know, about the UFOs, basically, that they, the government has said that we have uh, alien bodies and wrecked UFOs, and zero response from him. So I'm very eager to see what he has to say. I'll get back to the news story in just a minute with the jetpacks and aliens and all that weird crap, but I want to hear this. Um, I did hear that you said this was the one time in this era of hyperpartisanship where we had a real coming together on Capitol Hill. If it takes an alien invasion to bring <laughs> both sides of the takes. aisle together, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Shut but up and seriously, what did you make of the testimony? Well, I, in science, what people perhaps don't know is that eyewitness testimony is some of the lowest form of evidence you can bring to a scientific Dick conference. Dick Cole answer. Which is odd because in the court of law, it's considered quite high. Mm. So here we are in these hearings thinking that the pedigree of the person delivering the information adds truth value to what it they're saying. Does. Whereas in science, part of what's, what modernized science was our ability to create methods, tools, and machines to replace human senses in the reporting of what we experience. It's not human so senses. Hold on, fuck off. It's not human senses. These are decorated military officers that risked their careers and ridicule to come forward with information that they thought the people, not even the American people, people of the world needed to hear. This is a military pilot, an experienced pilot who witnessed these UAPs in the skies and going in the water, by the way, in the skies. These are not someone's opinions, and it does matter who these people are. It's not some crackhead off the streets of downtown LA who's just talking into his sock. No, these are people that know what the fuck they're talking about. Ooh, now I'm mad. All right, back to this idiot. Need better data. It would be odd, you, you see the image there of the, the tic-tac, the, tic the fuzzy tic-tac. Yeah, uh, it would be odd that aliens would only just visit restricted airspace. They don't. Right? Uh, ah, they don't. God bless America. I look, I used to, used to respect Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I wholeheartedly respect astrophysicist Dr. Travis Taylor, who says that you have to have an open mind. Just like, you know, it's both sides of the spectrum. The religious people have a closed off mind, and these hardcore science people like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who has a closed off mind, who isn't actually listening to the evidence and the data. There is data on that screen, that Tic Tac video that he just referred to, has data on that screen that can't be explained with modern technology. He's ignoring that, and he's acting like an asshat. All right, back to this idiot. Well, no, Maybe. no, commercial pilots report seeing them too. It's not just military oh, no, so pilots. Let me, let, me, let me restate that. Let me restate that. Yes, okay. they report things that they don't understand what they are. We need a really good clearinghouse so that at a place where people can do it with confidence so they can report on things like this. I have no problems with that. Good. Go right ahead. But that's not the weird part of the hearings that I noticed. The part of, part of the hearings were the claims that we have like aliens bagged in the back 40, you know, <laughs> that's who, who had actually said. armed people. That's the interesting stuff. All right, so basically what he's doing is belittling these men, again, experienced people with the highest highest clearance levels, higher clearance levels than he can ever hope to have with the highest clearance levels. Again, not morons off the street. And he is belittling what they're saying and, and making fun of what they're saying. He's ridiculing people. And a minute ago, he was saying, oh, I hope we find, you know, we can have something where people can report these things. Oh, really? Where people like you can then ridicule them? You fuckwad? Oh, now I hate Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh oh. Stuff, okay? Yeah. If you've got aliens, not what's, what's that term? A new phrase for us all? Uh, Non-human non origin. No, no non-human biologics. That's biologics, what it was. exactly. Yeah, if you look at the tree of life, you have, like, animals, uh, 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 plants, fungus and bacteria, if you subtract humans from all of that, everything that remains are non-human biologics. So it doesn't mean it came from another planet. It, it, it's got, but they've got you, life. That's what a fucking idiot. You have said 
you do believe there's life out there. It would be, I think, I think most people believe we can't be the only sentient, intelligent life in the universe. So if you do believe there's life out there, is it so unbelievable to believe that they might have come here? It's, it's um, what's harder to, for me to believe is that they came and no one has sharp video images of them. They we have do. six billion smartphones in the world. And at any given moment, there's a million people airborne with a window looking out into the atmosphere. And everybody has a high resolution camera, video and stills. And all we have is a fuzzy tic-tac and some other fuzzy images. See, again, belittling evidence. He wants to say that, yeah, we should have a committee so people can come forward. And then he belittles not only the people, but also the evidence. There's like 30 seconds left. Fuck him. I'm done with him. Man, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I used to say a while ago, we'd love to have Neil deGrasse Tyson on this show to talk to him about his beliefs in aliens and UFOs and the paranormal. But if this is his attitude and he just wants to belittle people who have come forward, who have risked their careers to come forward, fuck him. Straight up. Post it anywhere you want. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a fucking asshole. All righty, back to this stupid story. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's apparently flying aliens reportedly attacking villagers in Peru, but they're actually human miners with jetpacks. The beings were reported uh, reportedly attacking an isolated indigenous village in Peru's Manus, Minus province, harassing the villagers and attempting to kidnap a 15-year-old girl. Villagers described the creatures as silver-colored with long heads and faces and yellow eyes that floated about a meter above the ground. Some accounts described them as seven feet tall and one leader they said had protective armor. Authorities, however, have a different explanation for the attacks. After traveling to the remote village, a 10-hour boat trip away from the province capital, officers with the Peruvian Navy and National Police had a much more earthbound theory. They say the attacks are actually originating with illegal gold mining gangs from Brazil and Colombia. Investigators said the gangs are using state-of-the-art technology like jetpacks or thrusters that allow them to fly. Police say the gangs began using jetpacks to explore deeper into the forest and were targeting the villagers to keep them away from the mining pits. See? Rational explanations, dickhole Tyson. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. Sorry, I'm heated. Don't worry, I won't be heated for this whole episode. It's, it's gone. It's done. Up next in paranormal news, UFO sightings are more common in Michigan than you may think. Well, this is interesting because last week, actually this week, earlier this week, I was just in Michigan. That's right. I was back home in Michigan. I'll tell you all about that experience in just a little bit. But they says, have you ever seen a UFO? If you have, you're probably not alone in Michigan. The nonprofit National UFO Reporting Center has been collecting data from people who claim to have seen unidentified flying objects since 1974. In those nearly 50 years, the organization, which is not affiliated with the government, has collected and released to the public over 170,000 sightings. We're really the only UFO reporting agency that makes all of its data available to the public through our website. That's according to New Fork Chief Technological Officer Christian Stipen. Stipen, sorry, I'm sure I got that wrong, Christian. In 2023 alone, there have been approximately 2,000 reports to New Fork. 60 of them came from Michigan. The recent congressional hearings... Oh, we already know about that stuff. I don't care about that. Da, ba, bum, bum. And the rest of it's all stuff we've already talked about. But there you go. Even Michigan. Want to see a UFO? Go to Michigan. You want to see a tornado like I did? Go to Michigan. I'll tell you that story in a second. Up next in paranormal news. People think Google Maps has captured a UFO in Bermuda. That's right, the floating object was found near the Bermuda, Bermuda Aquarium Museum and Zoo. Social media users are claiming that Google Maps has caught an out-of-the-world object on camera. A TikTok video uh, coupled with eerie, intense music shows a step-by-step -step guide to finding the mysterious disc, which was captured seemingly floating in midair. If you pay closer attention to the Hamilton Parish next to Bermuda Aquarium, Bermuda Aquarium Museum and Zoo, you have a virtual walk-around. There you can make a right and continue to the Caribbean exhibit. And with a look to your left, you can see an unidentified object in all its glory. All right, where's the video? I want to watch this. How do I get to the video? I want to see it. I wanted to click on it before and I didn't. All right, let's maybe this one. Let's see. Hopefully, hopefully. No, it is not. All righty, I'll find the video because I really want to see it as well. 
There's a still from the video, and it does look like a very clear UFO in the sky. So I'm very, I'm very curious to do this, but apparently the video is not. Man, you know, if you're going to have a news story about a video, how about a link to the fucking video? Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. UFOs spotted from major... UFOs spotted... Ah, there we go. UFOs spotted miles from major U.S. city and swamp home to shape-shifting creatures. That's right. UFOs have been reported spotting... Uh, been spotted near a major U.S. city. Which is... What? This is terribly written. Spotted near a major U.S. city home to a legendary swamp creature known as the Pukwudgie. Boy, I had to put some words into that sentence. The flying orbs were apparently seen around 50 miles south of Boston, Massachusetts, in an area known as the Bridgewater Triangle, which I did a whole episode about, so go back and listen to it if you want to know more about the Bridgewater Triangle. The mythical shape-shifting creature called the Pukwudgie. I don't care about the Pukwudgie. I want to know about this. Where is the UFO? The whole rest of the story is all about the Pukwudgie. Ah, here we go. I said there was super bright thing. It's going through the tree line. Last month, a mysterious green fireball has been captured on a ring doorbell. No, this is a terribly, you know what? I'm sorry. This is a terribly, terribly written article with a billion advertisements, so I can't even see the article. But uh, anyhow, UFO seen near the Bridgewater Triangle. That's cool. Up next in paranormal news, UK hunts for the Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, calls for volunteers. That's right. I talked about this one already. Don't worry. I'm not forgetting. I know I've talked about this one already. But we're coming down to the wire. If you're if you have the ability to do it, go be a volunteer for the largest high-tech search for Nessie ever. This is your chance to be part of it. Meet Ian O'Fadigan. Tell him like he want tell him I want him on the show. Tell him he's a good cool guy, you know? Let's do this. This is your chance, people. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, strange sighting, Hill Country Village baffled by mysterious creature. That's right, a cryptid was spotted, but they don't know what it is. It was spotted on the north side home on Tuesday in Hill County. The property owner is now asking the public to help identify it. This is a Hill Country Village, Texas. A strange sighting is baffling Hill Country Village residents. The bizarre creature was caught on camera at a north side neighborhood. The property owner took to social media asking, what is it? Tina Kalig's post is blown up. Hey, I was inside, I looked out in the yard, and I saw an animal right here, and I thought, wow, what is it? She snapped a picture, and whatever it is, it has a sweet tooth because she says those are fruit. They drop their berries that are dropping off a bush. Uh, they drop on the ground, and this creature walked up and was eating them. It looks, it looks like a cross between like a female lion and a coyote and a dog and a thylacine and a chupacabra. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, but it's cool. Like some people are saying, oh, what you caught is chupacabra. No, it doesn't really look like a chupacabra, but it's not, it's not hairless. I mean, it looks like, looks like a female lion and a dog had a baby and that baby eats berries. I don't know. Finally, in paranormal news, Scottish paranormal researcher issues eerie warning about the impending Nessie search. That's right, a paranormal researcher in Scotland has raised concerns about an exhaustive search for the Loch Ness Monster that's set to be held later this month as he believes it could inadvertently unleash a whirlpool of evil. The unsettling warning was reportedly put forward by Ron Halliday, who has studied and written about the world of high strangeness for three decades. In response to the recent announcement of a massive multifaceted hunt for the famed Loch Ness Monster, not a monster, scheduled for the end of August, the seasoned paranormal researcher mused, I am not convinced this search is a good idea. His reasoning for the uneasy, uneasiness is that there's little evidence that we're dealing with a flesh and blood creature and that something far more sinister could lurk, lurk in Loch Ness. To that, to that end, he argued that more likely scenario is that the monster is some form of unknown spirit form. With that in mind, Halliday went on to warn that the extensive event which could see hundreds of people plant themselves around the iconic site looking for the famed cryptid that weekend, maybe, quote, stirring up a whirlpool of evil. You already said that once already, dude. Um, well, there you go. Someone warned Ian O'Fadigan about that, man. I don't want Ian getting hurt. We got to protect Ian is what I'm saying, people. We got to protect him. Okay? Please? All right. That's about does it for Paranormal News. 
Uh, head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac and get yourself some merch now because apparently they can just take it away from me at any time they want. I didn't know that was a thing. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back. All right, look, guys. Last week I did something that has never been done before. Ever. I checked. I locked myself in a Spirit Airlines bathroom numerous times so I could try and record an entire episode about paranormal plane stories live from a plane. Now I learned two things while doing this. One, if you repeatedly go into an airplane bathroom, people notice and they think you are destroying that bathroom. It is not a fun thing. Everybody was like, ooh, poor guy, he's got a little tummy problems. But in reality, I was in there recording all about paranormal stuff that could have taken the plane down in any minute. Is that what caused the turbulence? I don't know. Uh, oh, the other thing I learned, sorry, two, it's really, really difficult to record in an airplane into your phone using the Podbean recording app. One, you can't hear yourself at all. Two, you can't hear any of the effects, the effects that are on Podbean. You don't know how close you have to have the phone to your mouth, so I'm basically eating the phone, and I'm rushing through it as quick as I can because people don't see the little like red bathroom light that shows that it's occupied, so constantly people are like jiggling the handle constantly, and I'm like, well, fuck off, man. You know, what if someone was really using the bathroom? That's not going to help anybody. Then the plane keeps hitting turbulence, Frankly, those bathrooms, they're just not comfortable. Why anybody would want to join the Mile High Club in one of those bathrooms, beyond me. It's just not comfortable. For me and a phone, it's not comfortable. Then you got to add like another person and you're doing it. Nah, it's not comfortable. So that was my plan. Like I said, no one has done a paranormal podcast episode live from a plane about paranormal plane stories. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool, man. You know, if the plane starts to go down, it'll be, everybody will talk about it. But then I thought, well, no, no one's going to talk about it because they'll never know it happened. It's not like it was going live out there. I was on airplane mode. Halfway through the plane, we hit serious turbulence. So I had to abandon a full episode. Um, like they were like, everybody back to your seats. And they wouldn't let anybody go to the bathrooms. Not just because of me repeatedly going to the bathrooms, but nobody could go to the bathrooms. But I did manage to record, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. And I wanted you to hear it because, again, this is the first time ever. I'm the first para-influencer ever to tempt fate and talk about weird plane shit on a plane. So I am going to play for you. The, I don't know, 15 minutes of me trying to do an episode. Then, I'll do a couple more plane stories from about, I don't know, how far off the ground am I? Three feet off the ground? Sure. Right here in Burbank, with hopefully way less turbulence, because if there's an earthquake while this happens, then this, this episode is cursed. Um, so anyhow, I did this. Uh, I'll, do, I'll, I'll play the episode for you in just a minute. But we, uh, you know, so I'm going through turbulence. The plane lands. My brother picks me up from the airport. And we start driving the two and a half hours north to Higgins Lake because that's where my family was. It was a quick family uh, event, like a family reunion kind of a thing. Um, so my brother and I are driving and all of a sudden torrential rain. And I was like, whoa, this is like heavy rain. Way heavier than we get in California. I forgot how heavy the rain gets. And then all of a sudden our phones start going off, freaking out, like that high pitched like emergency alert thing, you know. So I look down in our phone and it says, tornado warning, take cover now. You're in an area with a tornado, take cover now. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? So we look off to the left and it's raining and green skies. Then we look off to the right and there's this huge black thing in the sky, a fucking tornado right there. And I was like, oh, that ain't good. So we kept driving as fast as we could to get away from the tornado. So sorry, Joshua, I didn't take any photos of the tornado. Um, that was close as much as I wanted to get to our tornado. And then we hit floods and there was flooding in the freeway. So we had to stop to almost a standstill and go through like serious floods in the, in the road. And then a lightning storm. Basically mother nature is trying to kill me. 
because like I, I, you know, I, I survived all of that. A few days later, I get back to California, and then this weekend, California is going to have a freaking hurricane. There's only been one other hurricane ever. It was like 19, I don't know, 39 or something in San Pedro. But no, now we got a fucking hurricane trying to kill me. So I did something to piss off Mother Nature, and I can only assume it's that I tried to be the first para-influencer ever to record a paranormal episode on a plane. I'm too close to, like, the ghosts or something up there that they were like, whoa, this guy... This guy's getting too close. We got to we gotta shut him down. So, yeah, that was my fun experience in, in Michigan. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. Once I got there, it was fun. I got some better made uh, barbecue potato chips, the best in the world. Some Fago rock and rye soda, the best in the world. Superman ice cream. If you go like, what the hell is Superman ice cream? Well, then go to Michigan because it's the only place in, a, in the world that you can get Superman ice cream is in Michigan. Well, what flavor is it? I don't know. It's yellow, it's red, it's blue. You know, Superman colors. And I don't know what flavor. It's fucking good. It's Superman flavor. It's really good. So if you ever wanted to know what Superman tastes like, you got to go to Michigan and order the Superman ice cream and take a lick is what I'm saying. But uh, anyhow, so what you're about to hear next is me probably in a Spirit Airlines tiny bathroom. I did start the episode from my seat, but I immediately abandoned that because... I didn't want to scare everybody else. You know, I'm an idiot. I get it. So I can talk about this shit in private on a plane, but I don't want to scare the people around me. Although, the woman next to me, boom, zonked out. She took a pill, boom, out like a light. Like, just dead to the world. So I could have easily done it. And the people behind me, they couldn't hear anything. I couldn't hear them. They couldn't hear me. Everybody had AirPods or AirBuds or whatever the fuck they're called in their ears. So chances are, I literally could have done this all from my seat. But I didn't. I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to show some respect. And besides that, she had the uh, window seat and she had the, the the screen down, the thing down, the blinds. So, you know, it wasn't as exciting as I was hoping. I was hoping to do it from the seat and, like, look at the wing of the plane and, you know, see a creature or a UFO or something, you know. No, nothing like that. But anyhow, enjoy. This next bit is, like, maybe 15 minutes long. Yeah, it's kind of funky to hear because I'm on a fucking plane and it's mostly unedited. Um, and when I say mostly, I just cut out some a couple of the ums and ahs and, and some long pauses. Uh, but it's just me basically cruising through an episode, which should have taken me like 20 minutes. Now, it should have taken me about half hour to 40 minutes. Took me maybe 15 minutes to get through because I was trying to do it, you know, without taking up a plane bathroom the entire flight. But anyhow, enjoy that. I'll see you on the flip side, and I'll tell you some more plane stories in just a second. That's right. I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this edition, let's talk about paranormal stories involving planes while on a freaking plane. Um, I know how to do shout-outs, so patrons, shout-outs to you with a special shout-out to Joe Teague, Stitch, and since I'm on an airplane, Amelia Earhart. Why the hell not? So, yeah, I figured, you know what? I want to do an episode about paranormal plane stories while I'm on a plane. That's right. I'm flying from California to Michigan. Sadly, not to hang out with patrons, just a quick family trip. I think I, I think people have done podcast episodes from planes before, but... Have they done something dumb, like talk about paranormal airplane stories while flying on a plane? I don't think so, but I'm dumb, so let's do it. All right, this episode is brought to you by The Bargain Basement Butterflies. Listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I don't um, I don't have the ability to play any music. Um, I did that little effect at the beginning, and I don't know if it really worked. I couldn't hear anything. So, um, here, let's do, let's try this button, see what it does, and let's do some paranormal news. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Yeah, five, I can't hear anything. 4, 3, 2, 1. Alrighty, the first story, it's a slightly older paranormal news story that I saved for this episode. Now, I'm sure you all saw the video, but if you haven't, Google it because, well, I'm on a plane. 
and can't play the video for you. It's about a woman aboard an American Airlines flight who caused like an insane scene. She was on camera and she's freaking out. She's heading over to the exit um, because she said a passenger was not real. Basically, she was swearing. She's like, I'm telling you, I'm getting the fuck off this plane and there's a there's a reason why I'm getting the fuck off and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. I don't give two fucks, but I'm telling you right now, that motherfucker back there is not real. Uh-oh. I got a ding. Well, I'll, I'm going to be quick. And she's like, that motherfucker is not real. She then points to like the rear of the plane. All these other passengers start looking around and then she's like freaks out. She has a meltdown. She's like, you can sit on the plane and die with them or not. I'm not going to. Now, the footage was uh, posted by some guy on, like, TikTok, and then it went everywhere. Well, Daily Mail actually sat down and interviewed her, and it was the most useless interview ever. They were like, you know, why did you do it? And she was like, well, I don't want to talk about it. But she's, like, apparently, like, you know, very well-to-do, said that she was had an altercation with this guy over some, like, maybe stolen AirPods or something, and then just freaked out and had to be removed from the plane. I don't know. It's weird. That about does it for paranormal news. I'm going to take a quick mile high break and be right back. We are back on this edition. I'm sitting on a, I'm on a spirit airplane traveling, I don't know how fast. I don't even know how high. I'm talking about ghosts and spooky plane shit while I'm on a plane. Now, if the plane starts to go down, I'm going to immediately start talking about cute puppies on this episode while screaming and crying. Let me take a quick pick so you guys know that I'm seriously on a plane. All right. I don't know if it posted. I'll try and post it twice. Uh, Let's get into this episode, though. For the first story, we go back to October 1924. Music. When self-proclaimed daredevil Ruth Garver and her husband Carl, known as the Garver Flying Circus, they fell 1,000 feet, quote, like a plummet. Yeah, that's how you fall. To her death in front of a large crowd of spectators after her parachute became tangled at its own cords, at the Wichita Municipal Airport Terminal. Cut to today, that's where the Kansas Aviation Museum was built. And it's still there. Uh, And many people say that Ruth's ghost visits or lives at the museum. That's right. Museum's visitors and staff have reported everything paranormal, all the usuals, you know, like cold spots, voices, shadow figures walking across rooms, 1930s music coming from nowhere and the ghost of a woman looking down at people from the third floor mezzanine is actually seen there quite often. Uh, One employee said there are a ton of stories and depending on who you talk to, sometimes you get the same story with a slightly different variation and sometimes you get a completely new story. They said that one night during an event, three employees saw the wing of the museum's 1920s Laird Swallow biplane move down about three or four inches and then spring back as if someone had leaned on it and then let go. The employee said there there wasn't anybody standing next to the aircraft. We were the closest ones to it and I know for a fact we weren't touching it. Then one one other night, a woman with a catering crew, she stopped an employee while cleaning up after an event and said she had a message from a little boy. She said, somebody brought yellow paint into the building and this little boy does not like yellow. He's very upset about it. The woman said, adding that the, the spirit relayed to her that the yellow paint was sitting in a room with a blanket thrown over a chair. So she even kind of knew what it looked like. And as it turned out, that museum staff member earlier that day actually did bring in a yellow can of paint to paint her office walls. And she said there's no possible way they would have had access to this office. It's a locked office. There's no way she could have known it besides the fact that yes, It was actually under a blanket on a chair. Um, I guess the lesson here is if you plummet to your death during an air show, you're probably going to hang out around where you hit the earth. And also someone go to this museum for me and paint a wall yellow real quick to see what this ghost problem, this ghost boy's problem is with yellow paint. You know, like what the hell, dude? Like why all of a sudden is you mad about yellow paint? And who's this ghost boy? It's not Ruth. It's not her husband. Who the hell is this little kid? All right, this next one shouldn't come as a surprise. We go to Pearl Harbor, and of course we go to Pearl Harbor because it's haunted as F, specifically Hangar 37. So Hangar 37 is where a mannequin on display near the North American Mitchell B-25B 
has been seen to move on its own, especially after hours. The folks doing cleanup will catch the movement out of the corner of their eyes, an employee says. They swear they see him actually moving. In fact, um, the arms reposition. Sometimes the mannequin has its arms on a propeller, but other times, on its own, the arms move down by its side. Now, sure, you might say, okay, that's just gravity. It's slowly moving the arms down. But other times they're saying the arms were down by its side, and then it moves up to the propeller. Explain that one. I can't. All right, let's keep moving on because I don't even know if this is gonna work. And I'm trying to say I'm trying to talk loud enough that you guys can hear me without scaring the hell out of everybody around me. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I don't have a clue if this episode's even gonna work, uh, and or how long it's gonna be. It might be a mini episode. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, let's keep moving on. Let's go to the Castle Air Museum in Atwater, California, which I didn't even know about this place. It's close by enough that I can go to it. So I'm actually going to check this one out when I'm back in California. Um, there's a ghost there that people have named Arthur, and they say it's with good reason, because Arthur was the only legible word punched onto the face of a corroded dog tag that they actually found in the tail section of a B-20, uh, B-29 plane that was sent to the museum, and they started doing the restoration when they found this dog tag. And they said um, they think that Arthur is still with the plane. Someone actually once called the museum to alert staff that the lights were left on on the B-29. But the employee said at that point during the restoration process, there was no electricity or even bulbs for that matter on the running lights on the B-29. But the person that called in said, those lights are on. I can see you guys left the lights on the B-29 on. Or probably the big plane, because how the hell would they know what a B-29 is? All right. They also said we have a um, two-man restoration crew that's working on the inside of that aircraft. One of them put his hand up behind him and said, hey, can you hand me this wrench? And then a wrench was, you know, placed on his hand. And he said, oh, you know, thank you. Turned around. And there was nobody there. In fact, his restoration partner was actually out on the grounds having a cigarette break at that time. I'm going to keep cruising on. Uh, let's go on to um, weird shit that happens on a plane from a plane. Uh, in December of 2017, a woman caused uh, an Air China plane to turn around and go back to Beijing. Because after the plane took off, the woman collapsed about 20 minutes into the flight. Uh, she, they said that she was completely unresponsive, so the captain decided to turn the plane around. But when she came to, she was like, no, 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 you can't. She's like, there are things possessing her body and she started to like thrash around and become basically you know like she's been possessed it took six people to hold her down and get her under control while the plane was getting ready to so the plane you know landed they hold they held her down the plane landed they were getting ready to off board her when she demanded to see the flight crew and shouted i have to be in a in this city whatever there are things possessing my body and you cannot find it by health checks. That's creepy. Knock on fake plastic. Well, it's real plastic. That's not gonna happen on this flight. So from a possession, how about three ghosts that happened on August 9th? That's right, this one just happened. This August 9th, like what, two days ago? A flight on Russia S7 Airlines from Novosibirsk, I nailed that one, to St. Petersburg was delayed for three hours because one of the passengers saw three ghosts of, quote, Wagner mercenaries who were watching him. According to the man, the crew could not get him to, like, calm down. Like, he was, like, freaking out. He's like, hey, these, these ghosts of these Wagner mercenaries are out there. They're watching me. So, in the end, the man was taken away by police, taken to a psychiatric hospital. He's a uh, 39-year-old Vitaly. He said he had no problems during check-in and even on boarding the plane. And then all of a sudden he said, stop, stop, stop the takeoff. I'm not kidding. Stop the takeoff. Do it fast. Stop the takeoff quickly. Do it fast. I can see. Stop, stop the takeoff. Make a stop. Now the passenger demanded to be take, uh, to uh, stop the takeoff because he was allegedly, again, being hunted by these PMCs, which are Wagner Private Military Company. Creepy. And again, no thanks. 
Uh, this next one I actually posted on the Facebook fan page. It's a very quick one. But the video, I think, is still worth the watch. There was a couple people that said, like, no, it's fake or it's obviously a hoax. But I don't know. It's about a guard who was doing his rounds in an airport. Night guard, obviously. And uh, he heard something coming from a plane. So he walks onto the plane with his flashlight and he's filming everything. He goes all the way to the back of the plane, checks the bathroom and everything, and there's no one there. So he's making his way back up the aisle in the plane when he again hears something behind him. So he starts walking back down the aisle when like a shadow figure pokes its head out from the back of the plane and seemingly looks directly at the guard. And, you know, rightfully so, the guard, you know, gets the hell out of the plane real quick. I'm guessing leaving a trail of pee down the aisle as he went. Okay, where was I? I had to take a quick break. Not a quick break, a long break. Turbulence, gotta love it. Um, ah, here we go. Up next is another quick one, and this one is a grain of salt one, because this one is exactly how you find it on a billion websites. So I don't believe it. Uh, it's about a flight instructor who is with his student on the final approach into Orlando Executive Airport. Suddenly on the emergency frequency, they heard a young girl say hello repeatedly as if she was asking for help. The instructor responded to her, but no response back. Uh, later, he found out that a young girl had stolen an aircraft from a flight school and subsequently crashed it and died a few months before. Cool, I guess, but, you know, it's a good story. But there's no details, no names, no nothing. It seriously reeks of creepypasta to me. We're about to hit, we actually are hitting turbulence, so I'm going to go real quick. This episode might not even be 20 minutes long. I do not care. Uh, <laughs> doing an episode about paranormal plane stuff on a plane that's hitting turbulence. Not fun. All right, the next viewer from a flight attendant on a Reddit page. During a flight in cruise, the captain noticed on the Boeing 737's CCTV that two small children, a boy and a girl, were playing next to the cockpit door. He couldn't understand why they were there and why the cabin crew hadn't, like, you know, booted them. So he calls the flight attendant, senior flight attendant, asking why the children were playing next to the cockpit door, and she believed it was a prank, so she ignored it. After a few times, the captain let it drop. But when they reached the hotel that evening, he was like, hey, seriously, why did you let those kids run up and down the plane? And she's like, um, there were no children on the bo on board that plane that time. She's like, there was no children near the cockpit door, no children even registered on the plane. She hadn't seen any children. She thought it was a prank. Up next, um, an old Boeing 737 working for a low-cost airline in the UK uh, was well known for call bells going off in the middle of the flight and strange shadows and sightings in the galley and the flight deck. They said that galley cupboards would open and lavatories would flush randomly. They said there were strange smells and unexplained drops in temperature. The aircraft had been hijacked in its former history and the airplane um, captain was shot and killed on board. He said he loved his job and must have decided to never leave the 737. Alrighty, I'm being asked to turn this off. So this is about as far as I might be going on this plane unless it smooths out. Okay, bye. Alrighty. So if you ever wanted to know what I sounded like talking about weird plane stories in a tiny bathroom on a Spirit Airlines, well, now you know. Not as exciting as you'd think. Um, but anyhow, let me continue on with some couple more plane stories. And then I'm going to do just a, you know, like a little buffer, some more, some fun stuff that I wanted to, I've been wanting to do it for a while. And I figured, you know what? The end of this episode is a perfect, like, pad on, let's pad onto this episode. So I'm going to be talking about famous people that have seen UFOs. And I'm sure you're saying, Kurt, I listened to all your episodes like 15, 20 times in a row. And you've already done an episode about famous people that have seen UFOs. Oh, yes, I know. There's more famous people that have seen more UFOs. So that'll be at the end. But for right now, let me tell you a little bit about an old Boeing 737. This one was working for an airline in the UK. It was well known for call bells going off in the middle of the night and strange shadows and sightings in the galley and the flight deck. They said that galley cupboards would fly open, that lavatories would flush randomly, there were strange smells and unexplained drops in temperatures on the plane, and they said that, uh, supposedly, this is definitely grain of salt time, but they said that the aircraft had been hijacked a long time ago, and that the airplane captain was shot and killed on board. They said that they think that ghost and all this weird paranormal shit is him because they said that he loved his job and decided to never leave the 737. Now, eventually, 
The plane was retired from service and actually scrapped, so nobody knows what happened to the ghost, uh, the, the captain's ghost. That's kind of a shitty ending to the captain's ghost because he's all like, yeah, I love planes. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're scrapping the plane. But also, why, do captain, why does the ghost of the captain have to go to the bathroom? I don't, I don't, mm, I question it. This next one says, this next one comes from a pilot's son. He said his father told him this directly. He was flying a turbo trush, no idea, and was just beginning his approach. The tower called him and said they had a strange radar echo by the end of the runway and asked him if he could check it out for them. As he approached, he saw a gray sphere just hanging there a few hundred meters off the ground. No markings, no visible features, and no activity on the ground below it. He moved closer to see it better when it suddenly took off straight up. He said, I'd never seen anything move that fast. He tried to actually give it chase, but the uh, the plane said, nope, really couldn't, you know, couldn't match that rate of climb. He said uh, he was sure it wasn't a balloon. He said it was too big. The movement wasn't like a balloon. It went against the wind and it climbed up way too fast up into space. So... That sounds a lot like the UFOs that have been sighted lately, so that's cool. And this next one says, My friend told me that once when he was working a red-eye flight from SFO to JFK, he remembers specifically greeting a man in his early 40s by the door who was well-dressed and carrying a briefcase. Uh-oh, that sounds like D.B. Cooper. No, it's not. Don't worry. He said the passenger sat at the back of the plane near the bathrooms. Before departure, the crew had counted 35 passengers on board the flight. Since it was a red-eye flight, most passengers slept and everything went smooth as usual. Before landing, they recounted the passengers, only to come up with 34 passengers. They thought the passenger was in the bathroom. They actually checked, but it was empty. They eventually realized the missing passenger was the man with the briefcase who was seated at the rear of the plane. A member of the crew even said that he had a conversation with him about his wife and children. They never found him. Alrighty, that seems bad. That seems like that should have been on every news story ever that a passenger disappeared on a commercial airliner. Like, why didn't they stop everything, search the entire... Like, isn't there that like thing where you can like lift up the floor and go down into the, the hull of the plane where they have like suitcases and everything? Shouldn't this have been a bigger story is what I'm saying. So again, grain of salt. This next one says... A 747 aircraft belonging to South African Airways was used on the set of Casino Royale. The galley doors would open and close by themselves. During filming, crew members reported seeing a woman walking up and down the aisle at night. The lights would also turn on and off. They said that uh, the plane didn't have functional power while filming because, you know, it's just a prop. But uh, they said that the crew members refused to stay on the plane by themselves. Yeah, I don't blame them. That's creepy as all hell. Uh, this next one says, a Boeing 737-8Q8 belonging to Sterling Airlines is supposedly haunted. Flight crew members and even the cleaning crew have reported hearing footsteps on the roof of the plane. All right, not too scary. I'm sure maybe grounds crew people or somebody inspecting the plane have to walk on top of the plane. I don't think they do, but not too scary yet. But they said they've even heard the footsteps on the roof of the plane in flight. That's creepy. One flight attendant said, lights that turn themselves off and on, off and on, unusual sounds, sudden temperature spikes or drops. At my, at my airline, we, we have always counted on aircraft number 502 to have a mind of her own. Now they called the plane Christine because they thought it was haunted just like Christine Baranski. I don't know. Oh, no, no. They, I'm sorry. They thought it was haunted just like the book Christine by Stephen King. Sorry. You ever, seen, you ever seen Christine Baranski's face? She looks haunted. She looks really haunted. Uh, one flight attendant says, she does seem to behave for some people more than the others, but lots of people have claimed to have seen her be quite temperamental. Christine doesn't bother me, but some avoid flying on her because of the stories. Yeah, that, that whole thing about the uh, footsteps being heard on the roof of the plane at, what, 30,000 feet or however high up they are, that would freak me the fuck out. Uh, this next one isn't from Reddit. It's actually from a book. And it's uh, from a very famous book written by a very famous man, a man named Charles Lindbergh. Hopefully. You know Charles Lindbergh as the first pilot to make a successful solo crossing of the Atlantic by air in, what was the name of his plane? Everybody out there, scream it into the, to the void. 
What was the name of Charles Lindbergh's plane? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna give you some thinking music real quick. Ready? Oh, that's terrible thinking music. Here we go. This is better. What we're looking for is the name of the plane that Charles Lindbergh made his first successful solo crossing of the Atlantic by air ever. And the answer is the spirit of St. Louis. So give yourself a point. Make sure you're keeping score at home, people, because I can't keep score for you. But make sure you give yourself a point if you got spirit of St. Louis correct. Um, well, in his book, he wrote about an experience he had on that flight. Approximately 22 hours into the flight, he said he became aware he was not alone. Describing, quote, uh, ghostly presences, ghostly presences, vaguely outlined forms, transparent, moving, riding, weightless with me in the plane. I'm going to read that whole thing again because I really butchered that. Ghostly presences, vaguely outlined forms, transparent, that were moving, riding, weightless with me in the plane. He said the voices were familiar, and they gave him advice and reassurance. He said, I can't recall exactly what they said, but they did fade away in about an hour. According to his grandson, Eric Lindbergh, he saw something that he couldn't explain. Although he was aware that it might have been a fatigue-induced hallucination, yep, sure would, because he'd been up for more than 24 hours by this point. It led him to study this phenomena, it opened his mind to potential alternate realities, and he intended to go to India to study with the yogis who could survive without breathing, but World War II got in the way. He said the experience changed his concept of life. Yeah, I would assume if you're up for 24 hours, flying for the first time ever across the Atlantic by air in a plane that is not comfortable. It's got to be like that Spirit Airlines bathroom. Yeah, you probably would hallucinate. But, uh, hey, it seemed to help them. It wasn't like they were telling them to, like, crash the plane, fuck it, put it down, like none of that stuff. So, cool. All right, this next one is on every site about ghost planes. And one I think I talked about before, but I was looking forward to talking about it on a plane, so... Just pretend I'm on a plane right now. We go back, oops, sorry, here we go. We go back to December 29th, 1972, when Eastern Airlines Flight 401 departed from New York City and was headed towards Miami, when it went down in the Everglades and took 101 lives, including pilot Bob Loft and flight engineer Donald Repo. As the plane was uh, preparing to land, the landing gear indicated the light wasn't on. The la wait, the landing gear indicator light wasn't on. It was later reported that the light had burnt out and that the landing gear was actually down. However, the crew became so distracted by the reported malfunction that the plane crashed. After the crash, it was rumored that the functional parts that were left were used for parts on other planes. After that, there were about 20 other reports of Loft and Repo actually being sighted. Again, they died in the crash. But they were, they were sighted all over the place. Repo was often sighted warning the passengers that, was, that there was something wrong with the plane. Y you don't want that. And then Loft was often seen sitting next to passengers. Kurt here, you don't want that either. Both of those are bad. That's weird. Creepy, do not like. Again, if you want a, a longer version of that story, I'm sure I talked about it on a previous episode, so now's your chance. Go find it. And then finally, an older paranormal news story that uh, that I wanted to be that I wanted to tell on this episode. I had it saved so I didn't have to like click on it, even though I was in airplane mode. So still, still gonna share it. Amelia Earhart haunts Linny Q's. This one came from um, the Lansing Journal, uh, Lansing, Illinois, I think it is, or Indiana. No, it's Illinois, Lansing, Illinois, uh, October thirtieth, twenty eighteen. When Lynn Cartwright, better known as Lenny Q, moved her BBQ restaurant to its new location at the Lansing Municipal Airport in March 2017 in Lansing, Illinois, she was not a believer in the paranormal. However, it took only a short time to convince her that the restaurant was haunted. In fact, Lenny believes their spirit is none other than that of Amelia Earhart. Lansing Municipal Airport was originally named the Chicago Hammond Airport. The village acquired the property in 1976 for $1.75 million. It had a rich history dating back to the 20s. The Lansing Municipal Airport had seen its fair share of famous faces. Henry Ford erected his now historic Ford hangar on the property in 1927. 
It was named a National Historic Site in 1985. Chicago Bulls legend Michael Jordan visited the airport in September 1990 to fill two commercials. And famous aviators such as Charles Lindbergh, Wiley Post, and Amelia Earhart all used the airport at some point in time. Let's see, there's one ghost that haunts the halls of the airport, and Lenny and her employees can attest to that. Music will be on when we come in in the morning. We'll hear the elevator beep and nobody gets off. Even more dramatic, Linny has experienced things that uh, getting thrown at her, a plate and an ice scooper. She says she just knows it's Amelia. She's not being mean or angry. She's letting us know that she's there. When the former airport maintenance manager told Linny how frequently he was frightened by Amelia, Linny says she felt relief. I said, I'm so glad you said that because I thought it was just me cracking up, and it wasn't. And believe me, he's very straight. He doesn't make things up. As far as she knows, hers is the only established at the establishment at the airport's 500 plus acre ground that's haunted. So, there you go. If you uh, if you want a chance to see Amelia Earhart, go there. Like that that's cool. I want to meet Amelia Earhart. Hopefully they find her body one of these damn days. I keep thinking they're going to find her on uh, what is it, Nikamaruru? That's where she's going to be. Either the plane is going to be just off the coast of it in the water or they'll find her body or something but um yeah so there you go there's some that's the rest of the creepy paranormal plane stories that i wanted to read on a plane so you got some of that it still counts i don't care what anybody says it still counts i did an episode i could have easily released just that as an episode it would have been a short one as short as hell but you know i wanted to fluff it out a little bit for you guys make it a little bit sounding more professional um I will say I found it really interesting. We were sitting around the campfire. We're talking about, you know, I'm wearing my my jean jacket with all the cool patches on it and stuff. And we were talking about, like, uh, my cousin's husband asked me, like, all right, Kurt, what do you think is the most real thing? Like, what's going to be proven in our lifetime? And I said, well, that, you know, UFOs are real. And everybody around the campfire was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Like, there wasn't even a question. My niece was like, yeah, of course. And, and she said, what's the other thing? And I said, well, Bigfoot. I honestly think that Bigfoot will be confirmed in our lifetime. And she was very happy because she loves Bigfoot. And they were all like, oh, really? And that's when I explained the whole thing about the, you know, the mountains, uh, the gorillas, that everybody thought that gorillas were, you know, were fake or, or, you know, imaginary creatures were fake cryptids until white people finally saw them. The villagers saw them all the time, and they were like, yeah, there's gorillas up in the hill. And the you know white people were like, uh-huh, sure there are. There's these giant things, mm-hmm. Oh, crap, there's these giant things, and now gorillas are just known. So I said, you know, Bigfoot will probably be the next one. <clears throat> um, and it was, it was an interesting conversation, because it wasn't immediately, I was expecting it to be immediately shut down. Like, what? You're full of crap. Because we went to a restaurant, uh, my dad and I, to pick up lunch one day, for the campground and uh, for the campsite. And um, I was wearing a, a cryptid uh, button-down shirt. And this woman was like, oh, look at all the monsters on your shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I like, you know, like aliens and Bigfoot and Yeti. There's a whole bunch of stuff on here. It's kind of fun. You don't believe that crap, do you? And I said, well, yeah. I mean, look, the government just came out and said that UFOs are real. And her reply was, not my government. And I was like, okay, ending this conversation now. Just give me the shrimp tacos. I'll walk over there. You know, like it was, that's what I was expecting the conversation to be like. But surprisingly, no, no, they were having fun around a campfire and they wanted to hear, you know, some stories. And I said, you want to hear some stories for free? I don't think so. You got to go pay to be a, no, I just told them, yeah, go listen to Paranormal Almanac. There's all kinds of free fun stories on there. And most of them sadly went, oh, are you still doing that podcast? All right. Because, you know, that's my family. Uh, but anyhow, let's uh, let's transition from paranormal plane stories to let's talk about more famous people that have seen UFOs. Now, for this first one, we go way back to 329 BC. The first person on this list is Alexander the Great. And if you don't know who Alexander the Great is, then for the love of God, uh, I don't know, ask Siri or Alexa or something. I don't know, just... I'm not going to explain Alexander the Great to you. He was great. It's right there in his name. Uh, he said he saw a UFO a few times during his lifetime. Uh, like I said, in 329 BC, he said to have seen a, quote, curiously observed gleaming silver shields overhead. Yeah, it sounds like a flying saucer to me. 
Um, these are going to be all real quick, by the way, so don't be surprised. The next one on this list has a few more tattoos than Alexander the Great, but just a couple more, and it's Post Malone. He said he's seen UFOs in New York, Utah, and California over the years, and he said, I'm like, how did no one else see this? But I was there with like four other fucking people, and they saw it too. Next up on this list is the amazingly gorgeous January Jones. Oh, she's like Anna Kendrick gorgeous. Phenomenal. Uh, anyhow, she said that she, quote, very much believes in aliens and said that she even spotted one, spotted a UFO in a field in Iowa. It happened to her in her 20s. She said it was definitely a spaceship or a shooting star that just couldn't figure it out. I like that. Up next is Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think and... Look, if I get this wrong, you don't have to correct me. Don't email me or message me on Facebook or something saying, oh, you don't know who Aaron Rodgers is. I'm admitting now I don't think I knew who I know who Aaron Rodgers is. I think, and I don't care if I'm wrong, I think he's from the Green Bay Packers, possibly a quarterback. If, if that's wrong, I don't fucking care. Look him up too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said um, he spotted a UFO when he was 20 years old. He said, quote, it looks like commercial jets kind of flying, or maybe it's a military jet, and they're trying to figure out what's coming through the clouds, and you see like a fiery movement of clouds, I guess, coming through the sky. Then the plane eventually runs into the spaceship, which is coming into orbit. It was, quote, like a large orange left-to-right moving object. Well, that clears everything up. That is the worst description of a UFO I've ever heard. Uh, next up is Lupe Fiasco. I don't know. I have no idea who he is. Uh, he said when he was 11, he woke up feeling electrically charged from a shock and then spotted a UFO. He said, quote, it stops and I look out the window and I see a black disc flying down in front of the window. Sits there and then flies out. I had, I got like a scar on the bottom of my ankle and I don't know where it came from. I never had surgery there. I don't remember falling there. See, much better description of a UFO than Aaron Rodgers, possibly of the Green Bay Packers. Next up is Casey Musgrave, who says, I have a very irrational fear of spiders and alien abductions. Speaking of, I've seen several UFOs. Uh, she said she spotted a UFO hovering in the sky over her hotel in, in Mexico, in addition to two huge fireballs over her Nashville neighborhood. Next up is Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's like the spokesperson for just about every other commercial during daytime TV here in America. He said... He saw a UFO while on a double date in 1997. He said, in Madeira, California, and right when we passed the fairgrounds, I could swear I saw a flying saucer come down with all the lights. It was just spinning, and then it took off. We all looked at each other, and I was like, I know that was a UFO. I don't care what anybody says. Next up is the nanny herself, Fran Drescher. She said she spotted a UFO in junior high while driving with her dad. Fran's ex-husband and nanny co-creator Peter Mark Jacobson said he had a similar experience around the same time. She said, I think that somehow we were programmed to meet. We both have this scar. It's the exact same scar on the exact same spot. And that's kind of cool because I do think that a lot of um, abductees, experiencers, however you want to word it, I do think that they are center programmed. That program's a weird word, but like they're destined to meet other experiencers. I do think that it's like a predetermined kind of a thing. So, yeah, I agree with her on that one. Uh, next is the best thing that ever happened to Greece. Olivia Newton-John herself, she said when she was 15, she spotted a strange flying object flying at, quote, amazing speeds in the in the Cambridge, Cambridgeshire, Cambridgeshire countryside. I'm sure it's Cambridgeshire. Uh, she said, in England, most people now think UFOs are possible. 20 years ago, how many people would have thought that? Yep, love her, love that. Gone too soon. Next up is Nick Jonas, who I think is still a celebrity. He said, when I was 14, maybe, I was in my backyard playing basketball with some of my friends, and I looked up in the sky, and there was three flying saucers. So I'm a firm believer in aliens. All right, cool. Come on the show, Nick Jonas. 